This is the ear spoon with fish and Steve. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ear Spoon. I am Fish. I am Steve. And you can uh, find all of our podcasts uh, Where? at theearspoon.com. It's one of those, uh, uh, what do they call those, uh, Al Gore portals uh, to the world. Tennessee. Tennessee? Oh, oh, web, web page like on the inter- internet. Yeah. We have one. We do. Right. The earspoon.com uh you can download this of course wherever you download your your, your podcast right uh that's like at the itunes uh, store if you like that place i usually do it at my house do, yeah yeah <laughs> is there an itunes store there yeah i strange. carry it with me it's always on my right ass cheek funny you should ask don't you know uh anyway you got soundcloud stitcher nice. <laughs> wherever <laughs> wherever you want to find us you'll find us yeah wherever you like want. it or not I, I, felt, I felt like breaking into a, a caddyshack thing yes please you know let's the, do uh, an entire podcast yeah, <laughs> of, of caddyshack too oh that's all i need Ahoy, hey, maggie. <laughs> hey maggie you want to come up to my room and count my rosary cards that's all i need well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> thanks for nothing. Here we go. We're doing. We're those guys. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh god. We just well, you know, date stamped ourselves. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Uh, for those who appreciate the horror Fifth Avenue, so I'm told. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got all of them. I think we yeah. have in, in the 100% of the script. She's my embedded. absolute favorite character. <laughs> Is that right? Oh, yeah, in that movie? Whatever became of her? I don't know. I I, I, I Google her from time to time. <laughs> She's still around, and she right. is. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 what's his real name? Danny. Uh, I can't remember his real name. Uh, went on to, uh, I believe, is or was married to Bonnie Raitt for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. I was not aware of that. He uh, reappeared. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the political dystopian uh, stuff in a minute. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but he uh, appeared in a um, in in a, what, Amazon, uh, Sneaky Pete. He was a cop huh? in Sneaky Pete, and which was a, it's it's a I don't real, know what that is. It's it's a uh, it's an Amazon Prime. Um, thing and it's really cleverly done. Thank you, and Mr. Bezos. What? Sorry, I'm just throwing in the props to Mr. Bezos, who the richest man in the oh, world yeah, for providing yeah, us yeah, such yeah. good things. You know, look, hey, look, he's so rich, he affords to give me for a small nominal fee two day shipping on whatever I order. Oh, he's such a good man. And the and the and the miniseries Sneaky Pete. Right. Anyway, he appeared in Sneaky Pete as a, as a as a as a as kind of a cop on the take kind of guy. Nice. This all beat up the New York City detective. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at him, and I'm watching the series with my thing. And I'm like, <laughs> who the hell is that? I recognize that guy? Okay. And about the third episode, he was in, and I went, I just went. Noonan! <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it was. Uh, I found and my wife looked at me and went, what? It's Noonan! <laughs> Danny! Miss it! Miss Noonan! <laughs> hey, Maggie. Want to come up and count my rosary card? My rosary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Would you loof on my stretch marks? <laughs> hey, we have some people we have to thank, and it's got nothing After to do with After that, we're going to thank our sponsors? We no way. To, we have to thank our sponsors. That's, <laughs> that's what they pay for. That's what they do. Um, and and i, I got to tell you, the folks at Mocha Joe's, big Caddyshack fans. Yeah, they will and, appreciate it. And that, I can yeah. almost guarantee that the folks at Serious Natural Remedies, also Caddyshack fans. They probably appreciate everything, yeah. it being CBD and all. So there. 
<laughs> there you have it. That's all you need. <laughs> Another one of my favorite characters from Johnny uh, Johnny Dangerously. Oh yeah, you remember the, the sure. little Irish lady? How much yeah. you need to keep your mouth shut? Twelve thousand five hundred. <laughs> I mean, nice. Uh, <laughs> it's just fun to do that accent. It is. Let's face just, it. Just in those little, <laughs> those little, little blurts and splurts. Uh, but anyway, let's let's. Uh, we are now uh, four minutes and ten seconds into the podcast. That's ah, good stuff. Only good stuff. <laughs> Only good stuff. Um, uh, let's let, let's talk about it. Must we? Uh, I'm fatigued. I'm fatigued. I know, and that's what the, we want to talk about. At the the <clears throat> like you know the what how do I want to compare it? I don't know what what metaphor to use, but like the constant water torture of scandal after doofus statement after are you freaking kidding me after treason after what the flying you know yeah. one after another <clears throat> and i keep coming back to like when i go around and i see people and i, I talk to them whether i'm working or whatever i'm doing and the you know the generic social question how you doing and almost everybody takes a pause yeah and goes, you have to oh. It's like you got to stop and take inventory. Yeah. Like, hey, how many uh, how many dollar bills do you have? Oh, one, two, one, two, three. Yeah. You know, how you doing? Uh, three. <laughs> you well, know, but I the mean, answer is depends on how you're asking that. Yeah. If it's just a social nicety, it's like I'm fine. How are you? The sun is shining. We're breathing air. But on another level, people know no matter where you are on the political spectrum. But I think if you're attuned, you're probably living a mixture of oh my fucking god mm-hmm. slash anxiety slash depression slash hopelessness slash please give me something I can hang on to. My father and I have this conversation a lot. It's like, what are we doing here? Can he, can he continue? Can he continue on this, this path? Can, I mean, what the hell is it going to (laughs) take? I think about it all the time. Like, think about what put people out in the streets in 1965, 1968, 1963. You know, right. 1972. People, uh, this won't stand. This is not American, whatever that happens to mean. I have my own opinions about that. But where are we in Europe and, and other f- so-called first world world countries? They, they'll have a garbage strike in an instant if somebody something doesn't go quite right, and then suddenly it's like, oh, geez, whoa, think people are un- unhappy, you know. And here we are, just muddling along, and you've got a third of the country still defending fascism. So I wonder what it takes for people to go, wow. This has reached crisis proportions. Well, I, 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 did you see this this tweet? Oh, the all caps the, one? The, the Iranian president oh, tweet? please. Did you see it? I did. It's utterly embarrassing. Never. And dangerous. Ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious. Put that thing away, you tiny-handed infant. That's absurd. Are you... He's putting out there like fucking kidding me. So so again, bringing it back to like one day after another, shit like that. 
we're looking at this, and, and here comes this imbecile. This imbecile is in charge of the executive branch, and we have a full uh, Republican-led Congress who can't do anything to stop this from happening, it seems. They're fully uh, complicit in it, and we're watching, the, and the rest of the country is sort of shrugging their shoulders and going, wow, this is crazy. I don't want you to think that I wasn't listening, but I, I, I see these things, and I really, I need to <laughs> read you from, who is this, Todd Chuna? Kuna, maybe? Sure. I don't know. Anyway. To Sam I am. I will not eat them on a train. I will not eat them in the rain. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. If you make me eat them in a box or with a fox, you will suffer the consequences of what you <laughs> have suffered in history before. There is no better uh, equalizer in politics or the world or news than mockery and and uh, utter uh, what's the word I want um, to to ridicule someone to I mean this is the most ridiculed president in history oh my god by far I mean from floating balloons in London to wherever you go now there's a floating chicken they have now um, dressed up like him right. he is for most people a shockingly awful person but still, for literally millions, he is a hero. And of I will some kind. argue. I will argue this. Yes. <clears throat> Halfway through the Obama inauguration, if anybody acting like Donald Trump knocked on your door, you would not let them into your home. No, certainly not. He's a crazy person. Oh, and man. I, you know, as a person who formerly worked in mental health, I say with all due respect to people who are dealing with mental illness and and difficulties in life. I get it, and it's and it's and it's no reason to be disrespected or to not have dignity. But when you're in charge of things and yeah. you use your mental illness as a battering ram and as a club to harm other people, I don't care if you have a mental illness. Get that shit together, you right? Know? Yeah, no, it, it's it's got to stop. I'm sorry, I'm completely distracted. Reading, <laughs> You've been sucked in. The, 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 a, <laughs> I know the retorts to this tweet. Francis <laughs> Francis says, "Donald, have a Snickers." <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. The mockery is the greatest equalizer because you can't like argue back, but the guy is just an utter buffoon. And again, most of us and most of the civilized world goes, God, what an idiot. And millions of our neighbors go, he's a great man. He's a great president. Thank, thank Jesus for thank Donald the Trump. Jesus. You know, it's for like, Donald what Trump. on earth? And this, I feel like I have no relation to this country sometimes. Um, I, I don't I don't get you know so I mean when you read through these these things and I'm going to put this down now because I'm really I'm, <laughs> I'm just way over right. distracted by it um, <clears throat> when you read the responses you know of the funny uh, responses like this the uh, the Dr. Seuss reference one yeah. uh, was funny but there are people who go I'm with you and there yeah. was some idiot in there he's protecting you and your daughters. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh my God! He's all about the daughter protecting. Yeah, he's all about the you know, the molestation. Is that protecting? Uh, you know, or, or the, the one again. We're drilling down into the details of it, but the idea that like, well, what do you want? War with Russia? Well, what do you want? War with North Korea? Were we really on the edge of yeah. that? Yeah. So I had uh, I I made a, a funny it was it was a tweet or a Facebook post I don't remember, um, and it had to do with. Uh, Basically, Donald, you know, that Donald Trump wasn't the first leader, wasn't the first president, 
to sit down with a with a Russian uh, president or talk with a Russian president. And I said, but he was the first one to sit on his lap while he was doing it. Ooh, and yeah. uh, so I, I I had made that joke and put that out there. And and as always, I know it's going to start a, a, a war mm. with, with the you know those who are more of a conservative mindset or what they believe that ain't conservative. Yeah, to be, I was just going to say. They, they what they believe conservatism is, has turned into. Right. Where you and I will just I will fight to the death that this is not the Republican Party that's represented here. I don't know what it is. Right. I, I don't know that it has. Uh, that well, it they is. better own it now because they just tied their little dinghy to it. Yeah. You know, bec- but this is not conservatism in any stretch of the imagination, which I can respect. I'm not a conservative, but I can understand the value I follow. I've told you before. I follow a number of very smart conservatives on Twitter. Uh, Max Boot is one, Rick Wilson, Steve Schmidt, Tom Wilson, Jennifer Rubin. All these people are really smart, and they reject this guy out of hand and say he is a charade. Mm-hmm. He is not conservative by any stretch. But where are the people who count? Who, well, where are the voting <laughs> Republicans? Where are the ones no. who can stop him? Why aren't they saying it? Anyway, I posted that, and one of my friends, an old dear friend of mine, mm. posted and he goes, any, if he had done anything else, it said anything else you would have you would have labeled him a warmonger. Wow. And this, you know, I, where do you at what point do you take a look at him and I know this person and I know that he's a reasonable person and how do you come to defend it? How do you how do you say basically, you know, he went into a meeting with no U.S. representation, mm-hmm. there was nobody who represented the U.S. in there, himself included, <laughs> right. uh, to to basically say, "Here's here are the fail safes. Here's the keys to the to the house. <laughs> here here it is. You know, um, yeah, you know, do me a favor though. If you gotta if you gotta take a dump, use my wife's toilet. Um, and the silver one. And the silver one, <laughs> not the gold one. Um, how do you defend that? That's the curious part. He goes into a meeting with two Russian translators and a Russian. It's like the start to a bad joke. Yeah, half of this stuff, if it was pitched in Hollywood, have been Hollywood would have oh, been laughed right out of the There's room. no way. There's no way. There's no way that they don't. There's some espionage that they're gonna. I mean, somebody said to me, "You don't think these were taped?" I know they were taped. I don't think we have access to the tape. Right. Yeah, well, again, we're basing these things on things that we know or can can safely assume, and what we don't know is is legion for sure. But in the middle of all of this, where you know, for example, we're supposed to just trust yeah. the word of a man who's known to lie no. six or seven times no. a day. No, and so he's going to come out of this really important meeting no. with a guy yeah. he's already suspected of being in cahoots with, right? And just like whatever he says happened, happened. No. <laughs> it's like, what? And, and I'm saying for you and me, that's laughably stupid, right? Yes. But for literally millions of people, it's like they're buying. Well, it. he said he didn't do anything. Yeah, no, he said he's okay. The, <laughs> you know, there, there's just there have been uh, over and over again. I mean, and this is where we are right now. This this seems to be our new reality. This is where we are trying to kind of stitch all this stuff together. Yeah. And th- this is one of my favorite. You saw this, I posted this the other day. It's a picture of uh, of three uh, women, millennial types, I would guess. Yeah. And uh, the, the meme is the twisted logic of a Trump supporter. And it says, uh, he he didn't say that. And if he uh-huh. did, he didn't mean that. And if he did, he, you didn't understand it. And if you did, uh, it's not a big deal. And if it is, others would have said worse. 
That's exactly. I mean, that about hits it. You know, and I, you know, I, I, that's what I would call this podcast, but that's too long of a title. <laughs> you can abbreviate it. Yeah. But what I mean, what is, what do you get to? I mean, again, I'm a big fan of political debate and defining who yeah. you are and, and, and discussing ethics and morality and things like that through the political discussion and just bring what you have to the table, lay it out there. But if if you ever find yourself in this sort of 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 mental gymnastic trying to defend the indefensible at what point do you go maybe i should reconsider my my take here well i mean that that again is your $64,000 question right i mean at what point do you stop defending the indefensible no. i mean i was i had this conversation with my wife and who gets so worked up mm-hmm. when all this stuff goes like why you know i mean she has literally become like me watching the Giants play when they're not <laughs> when they're not playing well while watching these these political talking heads these pundits go back yeah. and forth and she's swearing at the TV and she gets so worked up and so just uh, just disheartened by it all and I get it that sounds like a good use of time yeah <laughs> so I had said to her you know you got to stop watching this stuff yeah but you know you can't stop being engaged and then I flipped the TV on the other day and I she flips the TV on the other day I don't know oh it was well I'm sorry it was a computer it was the computer and she was watching the Colbert. Mm-hmm. Which had Scaramucci and Avenetti. Michael oh, Avenetti. It's a lot of Italian. Yeah, it's a lot of Italian, right? And side by side, being interviewed by Stephen Colbert. Wow. So at what point do I just look at Stephen Colbert, who I think has been very funny throughout this whole process? Mm-hmm. He has delivered us some quality humor mm-hmm. throughout this whole process. At what point do I basically say, you know what? You've just lost a shitload of credibility with yeah, me. Yeah, I feel the same way. That when you, as soon as you said Scaramucci was on there, and you with you know, Michael Avenatti, right. and then at Buddies. what point do we look at Michael Avenatti and, and say, say you've just lost a shitload of credibility? Are you playing us here? What, what is going on here, yeah. really? But that's the question in all of this, and we're talking about these, this larger frame, like the sense that we're being played. And that nothing is real or things that you think. Like, I mean, look, the president the other day denied saying something that there was a recording of, you know, like, and, and we'll just persist with that denial. And that's the new reality where you Did can, he or didn't he? Would he or oh, wouldn't right. he? That's, yeah, that, that, forgot about that. Yeah. That, that seems like so long ago. I know. It was just days <laughs> ago. But this is what I mean. So, like, you know, I think people understandably are jaded and jaundiced and, and cynical about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to, to mount a true opposition if people are saying like, well, what are you going to do? They just bullshit you anyway. Right. And that's, the, that's precisely what the hope is from the larger frame. I don't think consciously thinks that. But if they can find a way to get otherwise activated people to be passive or to give up or to say there's no use trying, you know, all, resistance is futile, so to speak. Uh, then it's it's you know it's checkmate, and this is where we've been living for thirty years of people saying, "Well, there's nothing we can do anyway." Well, you know, and 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 here's where oh, but don't forget to vote. Yeah, as there's if. That. Well, I mean, it matters, but that's that's just getting your foot in the door. There's so much more to do. I know there really is, and and look, the the blue wave, the blue tsunami, whatever you think you can call it, that's coming in November. It's only going to come. If you do, if you step outside that door, even if it's raining. Yeah. Well, yeah, unless the alarms were going blue wave. Yeah. It's a blue 
social democrat, social you know democratic socialist wave that's happening, whether Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer like it or not. I mean, it is not a big finger wag. It is a middle finger saying yeah. we are not okay with fascism. We are not okay with endless amounts of money being poured poured into the hands of so few. Two people are worth the same as one half of the American population. Two human beings, the same as 150 plus million people working and toiling all day, every day. This is not sustainable. And we continue to have this conversation. And we continue to be a culture that says, well, look at that very wealthy person. I sure do admire that. Fuck that. Right. Enough of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about people that are affluent. I'm not talking about people that are well-to-do. I'm talking about that other layer of, like, you don't even see them. They don't breathe air with you. <laughs> That's the level of gated community we're talking about that controls all of this. And we supposedly admire opulent wealth. And I think we need to re- maybe reexamine that. And then in the same breath, somebody's complaining about panhandling or somebody's complaining about right. Homelessness or complaining about, and, and you know what? I don't want to. I, I don't want to basically say that if you're getting panhandled all the time, I agree, it's annoying. It's annoying as hell. It, it is, and I understand. But so is that. poverty. Yeah, I mean, there's that, and and you, uh, and and the argument that well, he must be smart. He's worth a million dollars. That's not <laughs> Jesus freaking Christ. No, you know it's like it's like looking at somebody who's six seven, going, "Oh, he must have been a hell of a basketball player." No, not necessarily. Not necessarily, <laughs> yeah. you know, tall does not equal you know you know large and small motor skills. I used to get that all the time. I'm not a good basketball player. Yeah, I can yeah. block shots. That's about all I got. Yeah, that's you know that that that's about it. People always looked at me and go, "Oh man, you must uh you must have been a hell of a football player." Yeah, you were. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was. <laughs> You're sort of born for that. Yeah, it was kind of low stocky. I got, I got, I got rebar running right. through my bones. And we both never shut up, so we yeah. do radio, so there's that. <laughs> uh, so I like, you know, the, the biggest important thing is you can be fatigued by it all, and, and I will get it, and I will defend your right to be fatigued sure. by it all. I think this whole podcast has been uh, <laughs> fatigued by it all, and we're not even done because we got to talk to Doug Christian from Talk oh, Media yes. News, who I am sure will bring something else to the surface <laughs> that will fatigue us even more. I'm sure we'll be uplifted by it. Yeah. Right, I'm, Doug? I'm, I'm, Come on, Doug. Doug we're Doug, counting on you. It's on you, Doug. <laughs> it's, my happiness is in your hands, Doug. Um, you know, but it's getting harder and harder to be optimistic about how things are gonna are gonna turn out, and how, you know, yeah. and, and the the faith of the people. The people really have to step up and do something here and and provide a larger service. And by meaning, when I say a larger service, meaning go and hit the streets, get engaged, go out and vote. Mm-hmm. The voter lo- numbers are low, low, low. Yep. Why do you take that chance? Step out and vote. You could. This is honestly, if you can swing the midterms right. to a Democratic mm-hmm. way, we can lame duck this fucker for yes. the next two years. I don't think we're going to impeach. We can, we'll start the impeachment thing, but we th- he'll resign. Uh, yeah, well, he would have to, right? He would he'll definitely resign. have to resign, mm-hmm. and then, 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 are we stuck with Pence at that point? I mean, no, he's going to be pulled down by all of this. I'm pretty certain of it. Yeah. Yeah. So if all that happens, then, then there we go. My, my I will become an optimist again. But right now, it ain't looking good for me. Well, I would also add to what you just said, in addition to obviously going out there and being involved and active in both voting and all other kinds of advocacy, find people who you think aren't voters. Find people who you know may not have voted or 
I would also suggest with all of the push to get people off voter rolls, confirm as soon as you can that you are still registered to vote. People are coming up, uh, arriving at the polls and getting pretty shocking surprises that they're not on the list or something has happened. Right. The Republican Party especially has been working hard to suppress the vote. So confirm long before you go to the polls that, that uh, you're actually registered. Yeah, and, and listen, take some time to figure out what gerrymandering is all about. Yes, please. You know, I mean, that is, and, and I'm not going to say that I completely understand it. I just understand that it's not good. Oh, it's really, really, it's the worst part. That and Citizens United are the worst things happening in yeah. electoral politics right now. So I mean, and electronic voting. Pay, pay attention to all that, and and be engaged in all that, and do as Steve says. Find somebody that you don't think is voting, and say, "Are you voting?" And if they say no, say, "Well, we're going to fix that." I was here a couple weeks ago, and I think it was fresh after after yes. having a conversation with somebody who's as a thirty seven year old yep. has never registered or voted. And it was uh, during a, a Facebook. It uh, was. It thing, was a con- and they didn't know what Roe v. Wade was or something like that. Yes, was and that, I, I had no. Was we, it was talking about immigration. It was yeah. talking about the caging of children. And this woman, a mother, was horrified to learn things. And again, I was—I have my own strong opinions about things, but providing factual information to say, read this, read this, read this, read this. And then when you see it, there's, there's really no way to defend this. Kidnapping children and separating from their parents potentially forever for a misdemeanor or for no crime at all, it is unconscionable. And it's just one of the things. So yeah. she said that day, went and registered online. I sent her a link. You can register right here, wherever you live. As she lived in lives in Connecticut, and so they participate in online voting, voters reg, voter registration, and it worked. And she's going to vote, and she's going to talk to her friends about it. This is the exponential effect we have on the world. Yep, and there you have it. It's plain and simple. And also, uh, you know, wear Stormy Daniels when you need her. I think she's in jail. Wasn't she? No, 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 no. <laughs> they're trying they to drop s- the charge yeah, or whatever. Yeah. All right, listen. So uh, when we return from the break, we'll have Doug Christian with us from Talk Media News. Uh, we'll drill into whatever uh, whatever's on the docket whatever. for the day. I mean, I'm sure it won't be good, but we want to thank our, our sponsors, uh, Serious Natural Remedies, C R E S, and uh, Mocha Joe's. M O Kajos. M O Kajos. Uh, and I uh, want to thank them for sponsoring the pop. We'll be back right nice. after this. Thanks. More at theearspoon.com. Series Natural Remedies offers New England's largest selection of CBD products for health and wellness. With over 60 brands, we represent all methods of CBD delivery, including extracts, capsules, edibles, vape, topical, body care, and beverage products infused with hemp. We bring together artisanal quality and science-based healing. Experience the healing benefits of CBD for people and pets. Visit us in Brattleboro or at our flagship store, 190 College Street, Burlington. Hey, Steve. Yeah? You know what my favorite thing is about doing the podcast? Yes, I do. What is it? Mocha Joe's. Oh, <laughs> you know me so well. You know me so well. You know, you can just, wherever you are, you can go to mochajoes.com and order your coffee. Yeah, fantastic. Quality human beings roasting, packing, and sending coffee all day long. And they do this all right here yep. in Vermont. Yay, Vermont coffee. Yeah. Because it's the climate for growing coffee. Wait, what? Well, nah, not so much. But they, they are fair trade folks. Yes, they are. All right. They have cool gear. Yep. The cool logo. I got a few myself. Yeah. You got you to gotta go and check it out. Most uh, Mocha Joe's Roasting Company. Find that at mochajoes.com. I love them. And that's who powers this podcast. That's right. Couldn't do it without them. Thank you. Thank you. No. 
Thank you. No, thank you. No. I think this time. Thank Mocha Joe's. Thanks, Mocha Joe's. This is Earspoon. You're home for the shit you're thinking anyway. All right, welcome back to the Earspoon. It's Fish. I'm Steve. You are Steve. Every bit of Steve. And uh, joining us on the, as we usually, we like to close this thing out with a little segment from Talk Media News. We have Doug Christian on the line with us. And uh, what are we talking about today, Doug? Well, uh, remarkably enough, uh, President Trump is now uh, speaking of revoking the security clearances of uh, people he doesn't like. Uh, oh. This includes uh, um, John Brennan, former CIA director, uh, James Comey, of course, uh, James Clapper, who was the uh, former director of national intelligence and what they called the DNI. Um, and uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said the president is, quote, ex- quote, the president is exploring the mechanisms to remove security clearances because they politicize, in some case, monetize their public service and security clearance. Oh, my God. Is that said. for real? She that's actually the reasoning behind it. I mean, as that's if anybody needs as if anybody needs a, a reasoning presented, because clearly because because the president is, has the maturity level of a six year old. And that's kind of the only reason for it. But the idea that they don't, because it's unethical somehow for them to be monetizing or somehow taking advantage of this information, I mean, it, it, right. it flies in the face of, of anything. that. And if you're paying attention, this is what they do all the time. And by the way, I mean, by that logic, uh, shouldn't uh, we revoke the security clearance of uh, the president who is monetizing the presidency? There you go. Well, there you, you, go. you can't prove that, Doug. <laughs> right. One but, of the questions that I, I have is was the conversation that uh, Trump had with Putin was that about uh, Trump building his desired hotel in Moscow I mean I think he cares more about that than he does about anything else oh there's no question and, that, that that's 100% correct there's no question about the, the, that that I don't even doubt for an instance but Doug let me ask you a really quick question I mean Ken what is the likelihood that he can actually get that done. Now, because I know he makes a lot of statements. He says a lot of stupid things. He goes on record. Uh, he tweets it out. Uh, but very little that actually happens. So is this just another kind of punch-and-run maneuver? It is my understanding that a um, that a president has that unique capability, just as he does uh, to, um, uh, to conduct foreign policy. The Congress has preceded that. Um, power uh, that the president himself or herself has that ability to revoke clearances or grant them as he sees fit. But even if that's real or not real, he can't, it's as if, how do I want to say this? He's doing everything to look like a, a despot, you know, to look like a, a strong man like Duterte or, or Putin or you pick your person. But he's doing he's, it's, it's seemingly like a lot of the pomp and circumstance and, and the theater that he's presenting is for him to present as this like bloated chested um, megalomaniacal dictator type. And every chance he has to to downplay or mute that. He does the opposite and amplifies this idea that he's like, I'm in charge here, and you'll all listen to me, now kiss my ring. And that, you know, it's almost like, are these, are he and his ilk so unaware of how they're presenting to the world that they would just keep going down this path, or can they not help it? I, I, I don't think it's an unawareness. I think that's exactly what he wants to be. 
He admires dictators. That's what he wants to be, I believe. Wow. And I do believe that uh, if he, I mean, some of the things, some of the speculation that's been here in Washington <clears throat> is that uh, perhaps he doesn't believe in re-election anymore. Maybe he believes that uh, he should, as he said about Xi uh, in uh, China, be president for life. Right. Unfortunately, he doesn't take very good care of himself, so he... I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, right, that, yeah. right now, like, I feel like that's our uh, our best. You know, his his whopper addiction is is right. our best way out right now. As I saw, somebody had a sign at approach that said cholesterol, cholesterol, our only hope. <laughs> well, I mean, he is, and I I think to liken this to biology. I mean, he had, he is like a, a virus that has infected the host body. In this case, I was thinking the pustule. Host body of both of the Republican Party, but also American democracy. I mean, he's taken it over. And I mean, a question that really we have to ask after Trump is how do we how do we get our our our, our footing back again on solid ground? Yeah. Well, there's a great question. And, and uh, again, I mean, this is a, we could we could riff on that for an hour, I'm sure. But part of this is like the idea that Trump has caused something to happen. I think misunderstands or or misframes what's happening here. This is an expression of a large portion of our citizenry that feels this way has been unleashed to be horrible and has been unleashed to be racist, white nationalist, etc., misogynistic, and it has given a, the you know the thumbs up and the green light to the worst parts of American culture. And so the idea that he came in and made this be so, this has been laid down since Reagan. This stuff, this path has been laid down through the likes of the, the torturous Dick Cheney and George Bush, right up through drone bombing Obama. I mean, we have allowed the concentration of, of power into the, into the executive branch to, to go unchecked. And here we have an utter lunatic, a, a certifiable lunatic in the seat of power, perhaps with the help of a foreign, a foreign adversary. And here we are. So the idea that Trump made this happen to the country and we have to fix that, I think, misunderstands where this came from. This is born out of a whole big bed of icky stuff. Well, in fact, I mean, it's to take it one step further, what you said, um, there was a very interesting study, you know, a poll done uh, several years ago in Europe that uh, took a, a um, kind of an imaginary Ehrman Gehring and kind of put him as a modern-day Gehring. And it found about... I think they, the poll found about 18% of people in Western culture were just, would, would vote for that guy. Hmm. And if you took that as the basis of craziness, it just exists in any culture that somebody is going to vote for a Gary as, um, their, as their leader, you get an idea that, that that's going to exist. I mean, it's just that whether sure. or not... Um, the culture can, uh, uh, the democracy is, can withstand that, uh, that basic, that basis. Well, well, there's that. And the other idea is like this stuff, you know, the dark heart of humankind exists throughout and has in many ways, but it's a question of preponderance. And if we keep the dark parts and the Nazi parts, the fascist parts, the sexist, racist, awful parts on the fringe and held as contemptible by the, the large swath of 
humanity, then it's you know it remains in check, and we still allow its you know free speech rights and all mm-hmm. that. But it still is contained in many ways. And now with white nationalists in the very seat of power, making policy, caging children, it gives permission to these dark, dark people to come forward and present as if they're large in number when in fact they're, they're far fewer than people really realize. So well, that- in fact, I mean, why uh, Lincoln uh, used that wonderful, mellifluous uh, phrase, the better angels of our nature, yeah. it's because there is a dark to human nature, it exists, and uh, and so and of course, so that's I mean we have both sides based in humanity, and what we're seeing right now mm. is a pendulum in a very very dark corner of yep. uh, of human culture, not just our culture. Well, my my hope and expectation um, is that this is the death rattle of. of white male privilege in many ways, and then we start to see a shift that's going to bring us towards a better thing. It'll happen. I mean, it will happen. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to we have to be patient. I mean, uh, President Obama did say that uh, progress isn't linear, that it, you know, it goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the question I have for uh, supporters of Trump right now, are they doing this because they are supporting him? Or are they doing this for some cynical, pragmatic reason just so that they can get reelected. And then my second question for them would be, and I'm certainly uh, anxious to ask senators directly in the halls of Congress this, um, what are they going to do when this, when his star, when his star begins to fall? Are they going to be able to really look at the voters square in the eye and say that, uh, that they defended freedom? Or are they going to have to are they going to stand up to the truth, or are they going to lie their way out of that? You want the uh, you want the quick answer? Yes, <laughs> they'll be able to look right yes. in the camera and go, "No, that happened. It's all good. That's Making right. America great again." <laughs> that's my that that's right where I am right now in this yeah. whole thing. I, uh, I I I I hope to catch some of your optimism around around it. <laughs> I I really do, Doug. I I'm sincere when I say that. I have been waning in the optimism department uh, by each passing day. I'll still stay in the fight. I'm not telling. I'm not saying I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be engaged. I'm not going to attack when it's wrong. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, I'm just not that optimistic anymore. This is where Democrats really have to take take off the gloves and fight. I mean, yeah. seriously. Right. We'll talk to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer about that, for God's sake. They're yeah. just wagging fingers saying, oh, you crazy Republicans better stop. You know, the, those fascists are getting a little out of control. Was it the Stooges who always said, you know, I dare to cross that line and right. cross that line and <laughs> dare to cross that line. No, it, that line. That's what I feel like. It's utterly embarrassing for that to be an opposition party. It's embarrassing. So whereas I don't remain optimistic, I will stay in the fight because I don't think optimism is going to change it. I think fight will. And both, I mean, one thing I've asked people in uh, in various uh, rallies and, and protests here in D.C., I've asked them several times. I said, well, why didn't Democrats go out and vote? And the answer is uh, outrageous. Like, wait a minute, there were more people voting for Hillary than, than Trump. And I said, listen, not enough people came out and voted still. Mm-hmm. Less than 50% of eligible Democrats came out and voted. And that's inexcusable. They, that is flat out inexcusable. That that's inexcusable. It is. 
Yeah, it's inexcusable. Um, but I would also work. argue that the Democratic Party doesn't really offer and didn't offer much in 2016, other than we're not Trump. You know, they show a vision. A, that, now, good, that is not a good platform. Right, I and mean, now we're seeing like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and all these other people having great victory. Democratic socialists, unapologetic socialists, saying, "Move the party left." Go left. This is where the votes are. This is where the future is. And the centrist Pelosi's and Schumer's, et cetera, are going like, eh, we're going to stay right here in the center where it's a little bit kind of nothing. And that's what, and you offer that to, to non-voting American citizens. They're like, screw you. I'll stay home. That's exactly what's happening. And, I mean, people, people vote passion. I mean, it's not an intellectual thing. In the yeah, world. unfortunately, you're right. Thing. You're right. Yep. So get passionate about leftist, re, you know, about providing people an adequate wage. Get passionate about housing people, about actually educating people, about college for people who are trying to make a better life for themselves. Get passionate about that stuff and take money away from from huge corporations and, and the military and give it to people who really need it. And then you get people like like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez running to the front of the pack and saying, like, I've got this back me and then you get a grassroots movement based on almost no money that wins hands down that's right and furthermore instead of labeling her like quote a socialist or a leftist why don't you label her as a passionate person who's yeah. working t- toward her constituency that's what you want you don't you don't want somebody to label you a this or that you want to say i am for you i am for the american people and i don't care what you call me agreed yeah. i want to be there you know for the best and you can call it whatever you can label it whatever you want that's not what we're talking about here i think that these labels i it's an opinion but i think these labels actually get in the way they of do. the message the message I... is i am here to make your life Better. Probably true. And that's why you didn't hear Bernie Sanders screaming about socialism, but he was providing the, the same policies and platforms that speak to that. So the words, people do get hung up on the words. But listen, Doug, we got to wrap it. I, we've gone long past where we right. should have, but, um, but appreciate the conversation with you for sure, as always. Always great. All right, that's Doug Christian from Talk Media News. Always appreciate the conversation and the insight from inside the Beltway. That was great. Yeah, you know, if you pull off your belt and you look on the inside, that's where Doug is. Inside the beltway. Oh, you just creeped me out. Yeah, it, was a, it was a little, yeah. <laughs> not even so funny, really. Yeah, when you're creepier than funny. It. You always want to get a little more funny than creepy. Careful, gonna... pal. You'll you'll have your security <laughs> clearance yanked. <laughs> Nobody wants that. You're not going to get a book deal if you don't have security clearance that's for true. sure. That's okay. true. Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, that, is gonna, that was a depressing uh, way to end the show, but well. nonetheless, the show has been ended, and uh, we want to thank our sponsors, as we always do. Mocha Joe's, yep. mochajoes.com. Find fine coffees from all around the world and good car- good-hearted people making coffee the right way. Fine-hearted people. Good. Okay. Yeah, fine ground. French press ground. I get what you're people. saying. They're good people. Uh, and, and series, natural remedies. Mm-hmm. Spell it for me. C E R E S. That's how you spell it, and uh, so they they make uh, they they make it sell all the uh, all the CBD products that help your bones and help you uh, your anxiety and do all the good things that they are supposed to do. Cannabidiol. I'm trying to say that word as often as I can. Ca- no, cannabidiol. 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 Which makes more sense. CBD. Cannabidiol. Right. So I there it is. Like it. All right, man. Uh, we'll do it next uh, next week as well. I promise. Okay. We'll talk to you then. Cheers. More at the earspoon.com.